Hey everyone, welcome back to the Passive Buddies podcast and today we are going to be covering diversifying risk and building passive income. As usual, I have my co-host Brandon Duff here who's obviously an expert in building passive income the boring way and we're just going to get right into it. What do you do when the dream of an online business makes you work harder than a day job would? The answer, you build passive income. On the Passive Buddies podcast, we cover the myths behind passive income and how to build true financial and time freedom. Welcome to the Passive Buddies podcast. Brandon, how's things? I am doing amazing. It is bright and early, 4 a.m. here. How are you, Brian? Yeah. Do you know what, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm having a, I'm having a good week. Um, it's bright here. Um, it's not raining. So oh. for, for the UK, mate, that's a, that's amazing. <laughs> well, that, that definitely is good. I mean, I like the rain, but uh, a little bit of rain here and there is great. But if it's raining all the time, that's uh, it can be a little bit dreary. Yeah, mate. It's always it's always a great cloud. It's always raining, but that's ah, okay. Good job of staying indoors. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. People always complain, like, "Oh, why do you live in Texas? It's so hot. You have like a hundred and twenty degree." And like, it's like. I have to wear a sweater in my house every day because it's so cold. So uh, I don't know why people complain. I mean, if you live, if you work from home, then you never really have to worry about uh, those kind of weather conditions. So no, it, it makes a big difference, doesn't it? Obviously, and one of the best ways to work from home is building passive income. Yeah, that's correct. <laughs> and so we're going to be talking about diversifying risk and some building some passive income. So when I first started getting into passive income, the first thing I got into was real estate. And I think that's what a lot of people kind of envision with passive income is you have to have real estate, well, at least in the United States. I don't know if it's different in the UK because I know you guys have different laws with uh, owning real estate, right? Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a pain in the ass. It, it doesn't seem as free flowing as it does in the in the US. Um, they try and basically restrict us over here as much as they can. Obviously, it, it, it's, you still get around it, but in the in the UK, they try and tax you a little bit more for having more real estate than obviously just being a real estate owner. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that. So when I when I first got into it, I I bought one rental property, and I thought that was because I was a personal trainer before. And I typically was like, well, I can't work on my life. I have to have something that is making me money or I can leverage so that it's buying me back my time. And so all my clients had real, just had real estate. They, they could come train with me and afford me at a hundred dollars an hour working at like 11 AM, 12 AM, 1 AM or 1 PM. And they were able to come train with me at any given time. And I was like, how, how do they do that? And it's one they had systems or a business where their business could run without them. And so that was passive income for them, but they also own real estate. And so everyone I knew that had money had real estate. So that was like my, my first introduction to passive income. And so um, I ended up buying a single family home and that single family home was uh, I put down 20%. Um, I don't know what, what it is in the UK, but in the United States, it, you can put down for a investment property is 20% down, and then you can leverage the other 80% through the bank. And in doing so, I was able to have my own first property. 
And so we're talking about risk and diversification here. And so when I got that first rental property, if I'll actually tell you a story about our very first rental property, we went to take this, uh, we were in uh, California the property was in Vegas and Las Vegas, Nevada. So it was about a four hour drive or about a 45 minute flight, hour and a half flight. I don't really remember. And when um, we went there, we had a tenant that we were meeting for the first time. It was our first rental property. We we're super excited because we already had a tenant and we went there and we showed them the place. They loved it. They told, the, told us this, this story where, you know, that they're so thankful because uh, their, her child's dad passed away and they had to move out of the, their apartment. So they needed a new place because they just didn't want that memory. And they were going to move into our rental property and they were so thankful for us. And I was like, Oh, it's, you know, anything to do to help, you know? <laughs> and, um, we were like, yeah, that's great. And so then that's what she was telling me. Like the whole time we were, uh, we were driving there and talking over the last week about, um, like what requirements do you need and all that fun stuff. And so when we finally showed up, uh, we, she loves the apartment, she gets the keys and we're headed, we're going out to dinner. Me and my wife, I think we were just dating at that time. And I was, uh, we go to dinner and I get this call like halfway through our dinner and it's the tenant. And she's like, Brandon, I'm so sorry, but my mom just went into the hospital. Um, I, are you guys still in town? Are you not? And I was like, well, we were about to leave, but you know, we just need to go, we can come meet you, pick up the key and, um, we'll just, you know, call it like even, we'll just like even Steven. And so she was like, oh, that'd be great because my mom just passed, not passed, but is in the hospital to drive all the way to, you know, California, I think. And I was like, oh, well, we're going to California too. And she's like, oh, that's cool. Blah, blah, blah. And so we met up and she gave me the key. And we go back to, um, it was at this time, like 11 o'clock at night, maybe 1130. And we're, we weren't going to drive another four hours to hit, to, to go back to California. So we decided to get a, um, uh, a hotel next to state line. And so in doing so, uh, I just had this weird feeling, um, like intuition in, in a sense. And I was like, something's not right here. Like it's just felt fishy. So I, I called the emergency locksmith and the emergency locksmith, uh, I said, Hey, can you just change all the locks, uh, on the property? Because, um, you know, I just would be great. And we just bought this house and I feel we just toward it, but someone couldn't, um, they might've made a copy of the key. I don't know. And so they decided to, they went out and I showed them proof and they changed all the locks. And then the next morning uh, I called them and I said, Hey, uh, can you give me the key? Yeah. I've come to that to office. That's fine. So we came to the office. I went in, got the keys, went into, um, went back to the house and put the key in the new key in the new lock and it wouldn't go in. And I called the guy and I was like, Hey, are you sure this is the right key? Like, um, it's not working. Um, he's like, yeah, I'm positive. I tried it myself and it worked fine. And so I, I tried it again cause I was on my phone and it still wouldn't go in. I was like, are you sure? He's like, yeah, I'm sure. And then I look on the ground and there's a broken key on the floor. 
And then I look into the lock and there's a piece of a key. And so the woman that was going to rent our property was going to squat in our property. She, she thought we were going to leave for the week. She was going to move in. And unfortunately, we were able to uh, change all the locks. But in what she did trying to get in is she couldn't get in. So she broke the key. Uh, into the lock so that we can access it and we had to pay more money to, to change that out. And if she would have squatted, then I would have been shit out of luck in a sense for uh, until we went through the process of getting a squatter out. But if I had, I only had that one property and I would have been completely screwed paying for the mortgage and paying for everything. And so I needed to diversify. So we ended up buying a second rental property because if that was full, then at least I had another single family house to fall back on. And so that would give me, um, so I'd be paying more the mortgage on one. And luckily the second rental property that we bought pretty much paid for both mortgages. So that's how I diversified. And so and then I bought a four unit, which then gave me more kind of rents to, or more tenants to rent to, which then allowed me to have like, I think it was both rental property or sorry, the four unit paid for all six rental properties. So if I had to say, for instance, one of my tenants was squatting in the first rental property, I at least had four properties or five other properties that paid for all of them. And I didn't have any money coming out of pocket because that's, I mean, ultimately what you want to do is have your asset be a real asset. Um, if that's stocks or uh, a business or anything where it's the business is paying for itself or the rental properties is paying for itself. So you're not taking any money out of pocket. And so a really good friend of mine, um, he was, he told me like, you know, don't have all your eggs in one basket, try and diversify. You know, I mean, we, we always hear that phrase, don't have all your eggs in one basket. Cause say for instance, when we went through that 2007, 2008 financial crisis and the whole stock market crashed and the whole, uh, everything crashed in a sense, uh, stocks, real estate, all that. If you had a great business that was still cash flowing, you could pretty much buy a bunch of real estate for cheap. Um, so we, that's not what we did because I was still training at the time and I was able to pick up properties in 2000, I think it was 15 or 16. But yeah, I mean, we, myself, we try and diversify. We get into real estate. We're super into crypto now. Um, obviously we have businesses and then we can get into silent partnerships where we buy businesses and kind of just stay in the sidelines and just have like a paycheck come in. So there's all way, all sorts of ways to diversify your risk. But what about you? What are some of the, the things you do um, or are you interested in when it comes to uh, risk management or just diversifying? So it was interesting actually listening to the listening to the rental story because like as much as obviously rent like real estate is like it's seen as like the golden egg, isn't it? It's like if you can save up twenty, it's I think buy to let in UK is like twenty five percent. So if you can save up twenty percent and then you can go buy a house and you can like produce cash and yeah, perfect, okay. But then what you've already identified is like look like any business like there's risks. So like, oh, she, although it's seen as like the golden egg, like, oh, she, you were very quick on, on the mark and very lucky, like your intuition very saved you well, obviously about that squatter and sorted that problem out. But obviously before you even got what, one month's worth of rent, 
it was a case of you had to change the locks twice. Yeah. Like, so already, not only you had to put your 20% down, you went through all your real estate fees, you had to put your locks down twice. You had to travel up to, to Vegas, obviously, to, to, to visit this person. Like, and it just goes to show, like, yes, obviously, real estate is a, is a fantastic cash flow and asset, and it's, it's basically seen as one of the best, especially because you can use your real estate as collateral to get loans to obviously go even further. And obviously, there's a whole strategy around that. But what you've done is obviously, like, just highlighted to everyone, which is really, really good. It's like, yeah, there is, it's not 100% passive. There is things you're going to have to monitor. There is things you're going to have to do. Like there is, there is risks like, like with everything. Um, so I like the fact that like, because when you get on these podcasts, oh yeah, buy real estate, buy real estate. It's the best thing ever. And yeah, there's a hell of a lot of positives. Um, but obviously there is a dark side, like, like everything that there is, there's always a villain. And um, yeah, well played for catching that. In terms of diversifying risk for myself, I go more obviously at the online route. Um, so she have got built up an agency that obviously built builds the cash flow. So built up a business that then allows obviously that that income to come through. And then from that, obviously, I've then gone and brought in and built up income streams with inside that business. So then we moved like affiliate marketing and we've got like cash flow in there. So not only have we got clients paying us, we've now got people who are using softwares that are now paying us um, and those type of things. Then obviously, you've got your standards, haven't you? You've got like your bit of stocks, bit of crypto um, and all those type of things. And as you say, it's about like, the way I sort of see it is like if you look at the passive income triangle as a, as a model, like you've got like like high say high ticket income at the top and then compound and then recurring at the bottom, and the the aim is actually to flip the triangle. So if you bring in some high ticket income, you bring in some surplus cash because nine times out of ten, like unless you like you cut all your expenses and, uh, and live like a broke person, which is is fine, like you haven't got surplus cash lying around, have you? Like you haven't got additional cash to go and put into these assets. Um, so you have to go and create that cash. And that's where like an online business comes in. Um, and that's where like an online business go, right, okay, so if it's an agency, whether it's affiliate marketing or whatever, like bringing in that basically surplus cash, which then will then feed the recurring income and the compound income. And then that allows you to spread out in three different places and then obviously flip the triangle. So then the compounding income and the recurring income is actually higher than, say, for instance, your business income. And your income, your business income stays at the bottom, but it's still like that, that 10, 20K. And it, it's about like identifying those different opportunities and identifying like like what can be a recurring income, what can sit on the sidelines, what will bring you your, your surplus cash to then go and reinvest in crypto, in stocks, which are the easier things to go and get involved in instead of obviously like there is different ways obviously to, to get your deposit for your rental incomes. Um, but obviously most people see the traditional way, don't they? Like save up your 20% or your 25% and then go get it. And that takes a lot of discipline that a lot of people haven't really got to start with um so obviously building those recurring incomes online like obviously like your like your, your stocks and shares your crypto assets and your your affiliate commissions for software stuff like that that helps build it uh, then you can use that money from the triangle and then go and get your real estate and at least then you're not as for instance like when you started like you, you had all that egg in one basket and that's a big basket that obviously that one house that was right, right. It, it's risky, isn't it? Like, 
Um, especially with the, with the situation you found yourself in, like this person, like playing. Oh my god, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Right. Like, oh, that's really really nice. And then it's like, yeah, I'm thankful that like, you're gonna let me stay here for free. And yeah. like, what? Um, and that was obviously a that's a big risk. It's obviously at least having the online ones that are easier to get into, will easier to turn over. That then gives you that surplus cash to then go and go and get those rental properties, the golden eggs. Um, but it doesn't leave you as as risky if that makes sense because obviously not all people will have that like situation where no one needs to go change the locks i can't believe she's done that in less than 24 hours yeah it's it's pretty messy yeah and we'll we'll talk about uh, we're going to be in a later episode we'll be talking about the infinite money loop that i've created and how the wealthy continuously get wealthy but i love that what you were saying is that you do have these different eggs. Like if you have real estate and then you have your business, you're able to leverage both of them. And I think that a lot of people think that once you like the hardest rent, like to get into real estate is the first one. After that, it becomes super easy because we're able to leverage that property to just like you said, borrow against it and buy more real estate. And then you can use your business to grow it, uh, start hiring VAs like you've done take uh take some of the time off of you so you don't need to work on um you know the basic things that anyone can really do you can focus more on the high earning things such as making sales connecting with partners doing podcasts like this to give value to your community and then doing that allows more people to see your business and it just becomes a um, kind of like a compound effect and so that's why i love uh, just in in reality, just a bunch of different um, types of assets that make us money. I mean, you can do this with life insurance. You can do this with stocks. Um, all the things that you said where you can use stocks because it's easy to get in. You put in your money and then you can get, um, what's it called? Um, dividends. And that's kind of like rent in a way. So there are all sorts of ways. Um, and then obviously you can use uh, your stocks, you can leverage your stocks, borrow against them. So there's all sorts of ways. Obviously this is not financial advice, nor is this a financial podcast. So do your own research. But yeah, I'm, I'm always into uh, getting into, um, once you start making enough money, it becomes really just risk management. Because um, when we got into our, I think it was our first four unit property, we couldn't drive to, we, we just didn't have the time to manage all those properties. We didn't have time to show them, especially when they were stayed over. So we just hired a property manager and it was completely hands off for us. And then we were just collecting rents at that time. And once you get enough cash flow from real estate, I mean, hiring a, a property manager like you do with business, a VA, where they can take the whole business off your hands in a, in a sense and are able to pretty much buy back your time. For us, it was 8% of the rents. And I thought that was, that was per- I mean, at the time I was like, man, that's a lot. But then after realizing that it's buying back my, my time is when it's really uh, important because 8% is very little in the grand scheme of things, but buying back 24 hours in a day is like life-changing. What so I, I like, think, um, sorry to jump in, was like, it's a case of, and you know what, a lot of people like I've been in, I've, I've been chatting to clients and stuff like that when it's like, right, okay, say for instance, they've got a, they're selling something on Amazon or whatever, and like they go to a fulfillment center and they're like, oh yeah, but we'll take 7%. It's like, 
fucking, I'm losing seven percent, but you're not like you're gaining all of that time. And it's the case of like, what can like if you're not going to do anything with that time, like in terms of add more value, like make more money or like enjoy your life, then yeah, don't lose that eight percent. But like if you are going to take that time and then go and leverage it, like leverage that time you've got, it's it's not eight percent wasted. And what you've done is obviously you've now got a cash flow and asset that. And what I like about the 8% rather than a flat fee is like it's a case of, well, you need to make sure that person pays his rent, otherwise you're not getting your 8%. And right. it, it puts that, it puts that like, well, you you need to make sure you do your job. So obviously you get paid, then I get paid, rather than, oh yeah, here's your flat fee, regardless, doesn't matter. Right. And obviously that obviously again diversifies risk on on that income. It's like, right, okay, yeah, obviously because he's managing that he's making sure we get paid instead of you doing all the chasing like obviously if you've got an online business or you've got any business at all you know chasing invoices an absolute ball ache like trying yeah. to chase those payments like hey come on come on like and that's why like obviously in our agency we always get paid up front it's like listen and people go well, but you haven't done the work yet or like, what do you want me to do? do you want me to focus on chasing an invoice or do you want me to focus on the results and straight away it's like well i want the results will pay me then Right. And it, it's a case of like, so we, we get that up front. And obviously that goes slightly to the side, but at least what you've done there is like with that, hey, you'll get 8%. It, you've diversified and gone, right, okay, well, you do your job, you get paid, then I get paid, rather than you doing all that chasing as well. Like that's an absolute ball league. So don't look at the 8% as 8%. Look at what you can use with that 8%. Look at that time that you get back. And it's always more time than you think. Yeah. And not only that, I mean, if you think about it, it's, uh, it's a write-off like that 8% that I am paying my property manager, I just write off on taxes. So it just reduces my, uh, my income tax, which is reduces my tax liability, which is diversifying my risk. So it, it just makes it, um, a lot easier to justify that 8% when you can write it off and it's giving you back your time and you're being able to then take that time and diversify another thing so it's just a, a great way to uh, to diversify i guess <laughs> yeah and anyway it's buying that back that time and it's like what do you do with that time when it comes around like so she you then went and moved online yeah yep. yeah so you went and moved online you've done the software thing which we covered in one of the last episodes I think it might have been the last episode. Um, so if you haven't watched like how to how to basically earn money creating a software company with very little hands-on, that episode is definitely a winner. Um, so you went online and started creating diverse high risk. You built all that software company, and then it's that right, mm -hmm. okay. Now that now is basically you've got another property manager or running that prop like that piece of property, which is that business. Right. And then you've gone again, right? Okay, now you're into the play to earn games, you've got you got VAs who play the, the, the play to earn game. So now it's a case of if one's going down, like for instance, I remember an episode a couple of weeks back and you just lost 40K on Luna. Yeah. And and the best thing about that in terms of how we link it back now is, yeah, you were a little bit bummed, but you're like, okay, cool. Like by diversifying yourself in your crypto assets, in your software company, in your real estate, when those hits do happen, because they do, like you cannot get through life like where it just permanently goes up. You will have an issue, right. something will happen. And this is where diversifying risk, like, like Brandon, obviously 
lost 40 grand on that on that Luna project at that time. Um, and if again, if you want to know how and how he recovered and what his, his new strategy was, go back and listen to, the, to that episode and um, one of the crypto episodes. Um, but you lost 40K. You were still up at 4 a.m. in the morning. You were still jumping on a podcast and you were still smiling because you literally diversified. It's like, right, okay, I've lost 40K here, but I'm making that here. And it's like, right. it's okay. Like, you weren't scared. You weren't concerned. I know people who lose like one client, two clients, uh, and they'll just go, no, like what? Like the life's falling apart where you lost 40K on a crypto project. And, okay, cool. So I'm just going to do this. Right. When you think about, you talk about the one client, two client, you always see those people say like, would you rather have one client making you, paying you $20,000 or would you rather have, you know, a hundred clients paying, paying you, you know, a hundred dollars or whatever the, the math comes out to. And that's almost, that's like little rental properties in a sense to me, because if you have one client who decides to leave, your business is gone. Mm. But if you have, you know, 10 clients or a hundred clients that are paying you, I mean, obviously you have to figure out what your cutoff is because um, if you have a hundred clients and it's taking up a, a bunch of your time, then it's really might not be worth it. Where if you have that many people, you might want to up your prices and get it down to 10 clients because say for instance, you 10x your your price and you cut it down to 10 clients you still do have 10 clients but you're doing 10 times less to work for the same amount of pay so it just really depends on how you structure your business how you structure um just anything like you're in control of what you charge your business your financial situation and you can change it at any time and so i always think of how can I get paid the most for as little work as possible? Or how can I offset it to someone else like a VA, for instance, or like you said, our play to earn games that they play the games and buy back my time so that I can work on something else. And I, I kind of call what do I call my, like micro businesses in a sense, because I'm making small businesses that can I can work on them and grow them up and then consistently leverage them to buy into new assets or new businesses or whatever the case. And then again, that's diversifying my risk. Um, that's allowing me to leverage other things. And like I plugged earlier, we will be going over a video or a podcast about what I've created, which is called the infinite money loop. So you definitely want to tune in for that. But any last um, little tidbits of information that you want to drop before we end this podcast? Do you know what? I think it'll be more about, obviously, we've covered like a little bit of strategy. We've covered a little bit of tactic. And like, this is like the main thing about this is your mindset and your ability to sit back and look and go, right, okay, I've got this here, but what if? Right, okay, so for that what if, let's create this. Like for that, what if let's like, as you say, like, it's like it's, life's a game of chess, isn't it? You, you literally you're moving your pieces, you, you're playing, you're playing tactics and it's just going right. Okay. When those setbacks happen, like, okay. Yeah. Deep breath, put your tank top on and let's go again. It like yeah. just having that mindset to go, it's okay. I'm going to be fine, but this is how I'm going to, solve the problem then create the what if to protect the problem like to protect it not happening again and just remember you're always playing chess and the the better you get at it obviously the more money you will make and the the more the hits won't bother you anymore yeah and i mean if you are diversified and you understand risk tolerance and you understand uh 
cash flow because if you have cash flow, cash flow is king that protects your assets um, and you're not over leveraged, then you'll, you'll do really well in life. 100%. Final thoughts? Good. I think we killed this one. <laughs> okay, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening right till the end. And we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to that latest episode of the Passive Buddies podcast. I hope you absolutely loved it and took so much value from it that you can go and make a difference in your life, in your finances, in your family's life. If you want to know more and if you want to connect with us on a more personal level, ask some questions, learn step-by-step how to make passive income online and the marketing strategies behind it, then there is a link to our free group below. Definitely click that link join the free Facebook group and let's connect and let's help you get to your next steps. See you on the next episode, guys.